Welcome to Radio Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world today. Welcome to Radio Finance. This is Grace Chung, your host. Our topic for today is who will be the winners in Southeast Asia's quest for digital banking licenses and how COVID-19 will change the equation. We want to explore what it takes to win in this new digital and post-COVID-19 landscape. We are pleased to have guests who will give a diverse range of perspectives today. First of all, Greg Krasnoff is the founder and CEO of Tonic, which is reputedly the first digital-only bank in Southeast Asia. In the past year, it was licensed by the Banco Central to operate a digital-only bank in the Philippines. Tonic is looking to serve the estimated $140 billion retail deposit and $100 billion retail lending market there. Next, we have Sugama Munisami, who is the senior IT business architect at MBank and manages the digital delivery for the bank. With total assets of over $31 billion, MBank ranks six among the domestic banks in Malaysia. It intends to bid for one of the new digital banking licenses. And finally, Hadi Wijaya advises financial services companies on their digital transformation journey. He is responsible for SAP's go-to-market strategies, value proposition development, customer core innovation, and digital thought leadership in Southeast Asia. We have seen a wave of digital banking licensing framework across Asia central banks uh, by central banks and financial services regulators. So if you're Australia, Hong Kong, Korea, and Taiwan, they were the early movements. And then Singapore and Malaysia jumped in and they are rolling out or about to roll out. And coming up uh, is Thailand and the Philippines. So there's a clear direction to embrace digital. Uh, and now the regulators are also coming on board. Then amongst all of this, we have the current COVID-19 environment. Hadi, I'd like to start first with you. What are the trends do you see and how will they impact the industry? We are perhaps at the most disruptive time in the banking history. The industry is at the nexus of several major forces. Where FinTech for the last 10, 12 years has been shaping the landscape where the customers are now more willing to engage with banks that provides unique experience, right? Now with COVID-19, we are entering the contactless economy. So COVID-19, I think, is inducing more actions for the banks to accelerate digital transformation. I see a few trends emerging. Number one is experiential banking. Customer experience is becoming the new battleground, key differentiator for banks. And customer experience is becoming more important than the products. Number two is about digital ecosystem. So to create that customer experience, a bank may need to augment its offering. Bank need to recognize that customers, the banks need to embed banking into customer daily life around the needs. And uh, finally, uh, this is a region where half of them is under 30. 
more than half of them do not yet have bank account. And from B2B perspectives, around two-thirds of the micro companies and do not yet have good access to loans and credit. So combined with the high mobility, high mobile connectivity and internet penetration, I think this region makes a promising place for digital banking. Greg, um, would you like to briefly pick on one of this trend and give us your, your uh, thoughts? Um, we're already seeing uh, a major shift in the payment trends and retail service trends. Uh, for example, in the Philippines, uh, certain banks have been reporting that their uh, digital payment services have tripled to quadrupled since the lockdowns began. And uh, I think this is going to be a secular trend. Another thing is the delivery channels for uh, bank, uh, retail bank services in particular, are going to get increasingly integrated with other digital platforms for delivering other services. And this is something that has been a major trend in China already. Um, but hasn't really gone that big in other parts of Asia or other parts of the world yet. And I think the banks that are not gearing up today to provide the type of integration and who are not operating on a very, very um, robust API platform um, are going to have real trouble adapting to that. Subu, as the incumbent bank, how does COVID-19 impact you? What would What is your key priority today? Banks are now concentrating more how to enable a lot of things that what we do physically to more online, how we can enable the customer to do online. So I feel there's a big transformation happening. And even our bank Negara, our central banks should be coming up with a lot of uh, initiative to enable this like EKYC or, or, or digital onboarding or digital ID to, to support this transformation. Greg, but with post-COVID, what do you think will happen uh, to fintechs? And uh, we're continuing to see, uh, you know, very strong interest uh, from financial investors um, in financial services that are delivered digitally. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I think the trend that people have expected before that the traditional branch-based banks, uh, you know, will pull the way of the dinosaur, uh, that's just going to be accelerated by COVID. Many of our clients are moving very, very quickly. Uh, to put the well-being of the customers and employees first. For instance, uh, Ping An Bank in China, right? Um, it launched uh, using their ecosystem. They launched a do-it-at-home service for customers to be able to do a basic banking and insurance from the mobile app. Banks like Discovery Banks offers free medical consultation online during these periods. Mm -hmm. Other banks like National Australia Bank, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, and others are in safeguarding their employees with the new work practices. Great. Um, Anything that you've learned that will be applicable as you start that you haven't foreseen before COVID-19? Wholesale funding for digital lending um, right. right now has basically disappeared. Um, you know, the risks that have come out in the portfolio of digital lenders um, none of the people that were lending wholesale to these digital lenders were prepared for those risks. And uh, basically all the digital lenders that are financing with debt facilities from you know, banks or credit funds, uh, they will have trouble renewing these facilities. And without them, they will have trouble growing or even maintaining their portfolios. Wholesale funding hasn't been a sustainable way of funding a retail loan book from the beginning. So uh, 
That's a reason that we're standing on uh, the uh, retail deposit funding leg uh, as an institution. So we're launching retail deposits as well as retail loans. So I think we will see more people uh, doing, um, uh, you know, more balanced strategies and also looking more at the profitability of their products. Um, I think all of that is going away in a hurry right now. And um, all the guys that have been growing their customer bases, you know, with effectively negative gross margin after CAC, um, you know, all these guys will have to think very long and hard. And there's going to be a bunch of digital banks in the world that will not survive this because, you know, they don't understand how to move from card account, which is unmonetizable pretty much, uh, to lending and deposits. And a bunch of people are not going to make you know, that cut. So I think we're going to see a reshuffle uh, as well. But I think that's for the better. You know, Malaysia, especially yes. the government, has given a lot of uh, loan relief for the next six months for our auto finance or for our, our housing loan. So banks need to be ready to, to offer this kind of online investment for the customer for them to maximize the usage of the money. I'd like to ask Hadi, now, how can you leverage on that experience of providing ERP solutions for businesses uh, to make the transition to helping banks to help their SME customers and, and to innovate during this time? Now, this gives us a comprehensive portfolio, not only to address the SME and micro companies, but also at the retail side of the business, right? To address the bank's needs end to end. From the front office to the back office, companies typically come to us for a change of technology. But what we observe, what separate successful initiative from failed one often has nothing to do with technology. It is the shortcoming of cultures or organization cultures. The silo mindset is the biggest roadblock uh, to the real transformation. And secondly, right, banking is in the regulated industry and banking has undergone several changes, more changes to come. So if your digital bank is not ready to endure the changing regulation and license requirements, it will be challenging to operate in the long term. This movement of the banking services into the digital space which, as I was saying, it's, it's going to accelerate now because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'll fundamentally change the uh, competitive differentiation. If you think of the six Bs, you know, banks have historically been, you know, competing on price, on promotion, um, uh, but they haven't really been competing that much on process. Um, you know, a bank that doesn't have to run a network of branches uh, can offer a much higher interest rate on deposit. You know, a bank that originates purely online and uses customers' digital footprint to underwrite uh, is able to uh, run its loan portfolio with a very different cost structure, both on the origination and on the cost of risk. You know, most of the banks in the region, for example, they don't know how to underwrite loans mm -hmm. to non-banked customers because they have no idea how to work with a digital footprint and a vague idea of how to work with predictive analytics. There's basically a few things that customers look for when they're looking to make deposits and things. Uh, the number one thing, of course, is trustworthiness. Um, and, you know, that's a matter of branding. And some people think that's a matter of physical infrastructure, but it's not. Uh, deposit rates is typically the number two things that people care about. And here, the digital contender can offer a much more aggressive proposition, typically, than an incumbent. Uh, 
Um, so uh, this is something that you know you can uh, definitely compute on. And finally, the customer experience. Banks are really have proven themselves incapable innovating on the customer experience on using the digital medium because you know a bank is very unused to the concept of asking the customer, dear customer, mm -hmm. what do you need? And then you know trying to define a product experience around that. Um, so I think those are the you know competitive uh, characteristics that we're planning to work on. And right. we should grow more to the partnership and, and working together. The small banks is suffering should join all the operations together to have some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, shared services to, to, to reduce the cost. We should start working with FinTechs and start see how we can collaborate with each other to support SMEs and the customers. We have covered so much ground in this session. COVID-19 is unfolding and has already provided some lessons for banks that are going through their digital transformation journey. This time around, banks are not the culprit of this public health crisis, but they are in a very good position to help get the economy and businesses out of it. COVID-19 has accelerated the adoption of digital and contactless transactions, which the industry has just started to embrace. The need and pace for players to transform their organization, digitalize processes, and integrate channels is greater than ever. We can expect regulatory changes to facilitate even greater digitalization around EKYC, cyber, and digital security. Digital banks and fintech lenders face funding and liquidity challenges. Many will fail if they don't quickly build up a strong retail deposit base and compete more successfully on the customer experience, monetizing products such as current accounts, pricing, and processes. So, as COVID-19 continues to unfold, we will continue to track the developments that are happening and how different institutions are dealing with it. But for now, I want to thank Greg, Sugu, and Hardy for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.